You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Have you caught a dose of FCS fever? Welcome to the FCS Fever Podcast, a part of the Aaron Torres Media Feed. Now, here's your host of the FCS Fever Podcast, Jeff Colhane. All right, let's fire it up. Let's get it going, ladies and gentlemen. It's another edition of the FCS Fever Podcast. My name is Jeff Colhane, and we have the championship game set. Toyota Stadium, Frisco, Texas, 11.03 a.m. Central Time kickoff. It's the North Dakota State Bison taking on the Montana State Bobcats. The Bison, the two seed out of the Missouri Valley Football Conference. The Bobcats, the eight seed out of the Big Sky Conference. And both of these teams had big-time efforts and impressive performances to make their way through two very, very good semifinal round opponents in James Madison and in South Dakota State. We're going to talk about those games, get some thoughts on that, and we're happy to have with us once again, we'll have Zach Mackey back with us on the pod here, the great play-by-play man at Montana State. Dulcet tones of Zach Mackey to break it all down from his perspective at a sold-out, crazy Bobcat Stadium in what was, I'm sure, an even crazier night in beautiful Bozeman, Montana, after the win, 31-17. to well, let's start with NDSU and James Madison. We knew this one had a chance to be a game for the ages, an instant classic, and it was that and then some. NDSU on their road to redemption tour after a spring season where they were knocked out in the quarterfinals. James Madison calling it the final run. Their last year in the FCS, they felt like this was perhaps a team of destiny for JMU to finish out their FCS era with a trip to Frisco, Texas, winning a national championship and riding off into the FBS sunset where they will head starting next year, hoping to uh, start to ramp up their scholarship numbers and they will be uh, the postseason next season. Thinking that maybe a team of destiny, a season of destiny, the final run, well, it was the pick of destiny from Destin Talbert of NDSU that was the play everyone was talking about and still is around Bison Nation. Trips left, Reggie Brown wide right, Palmer off to the right of Cole Johnson in the gun. Ten on the play clock, third and six from the seven. Johnson to throw, here comes pressure, throws it up, into the end zone, picked off! It's picked off by Talbert with one hand! He brought it down with one hand! And Cone Green does it again. Yours truly on the call there on the Bison Radio Network. Uh, just amazing. I mean, 
Uh, it was a stunning play, a stunning show of athleticism, and Talbert, the way he got up off of the turf, the way he timed the jump, and going up as high as he did and bringing down the pick with one hand, it's a play around Bison Nation with NDSU fans that they will be talking about for quite some time. James Madison would get another shot at it, but no timeouts left. Uh, essentially, uh, uh, you know, the chances were dwindling for them down the stretch, and the Bison pass rush got it. And Logan McCormick with the sack as he uh, wound up to throw a home run ball and a Hail Mary down the field, and um, it, just, uh, it just didn't work out for the Dukes. A phenomenal team. I mean, James Madison, a phenomenal team. Kurt Signetti in the postgame did talk about and mention how uh, he, he was a little bit uh, perturbed, if you will, with the rankings and the Dukes being number three overall and having to come to Fargo. Uh, but that's just how it all laid out from the FCS playoff selection committee. And at some point, more than likely, you're going to have to beat NDSU, whether it was in Fargo, whether it was in Frisco, uh, and the Dukes. Uh, I think they're just a tremendous program. They're making a move up that makes a whole lot of sense for them right now from the FCS into the FBS. But NDSU just had too much on the defensive end. Uh, a team, a, a defense that historically is great right now amongst the great defenses at North Dakota State University. They showed why once again holding James Madison, who had been scoring 40 points per game, to a season-low 14 and also to a season-low 305 total yards of offense. And NDSU was able to sack Cole Johnson four times in the game, which is the most he's been sacked in a contest all year. And in doing so, the Bison defense now with 49 sacks on the season. That's a new single-season school record at North Dakota State University, breaking the previous record held twice in 1974 and 2018. Another player I wanted to make mention from the NDSU James Madison game, All-American fullback Hunter Lipke. He has a little bit of Mike Allstott in him. For those of you that watched Allstott's career at Purdue and with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well, he is a big, bruising, physical back with excellent speed and athleticism. He's got great hands, and that's really where he hurt the Dukes the most in this contest as he was just lights out good. Quarterback Cam Miller was calm, composed, put the ball right on the money to Lipke, a career-high three catches for 89 yards and two touchdown grabs for the young man out of Spencer, Wisconsin, the All-American fullback. He's dubbed Tatanka by my good friend Anish Shroff from ESPN. Hunter Lipke at a small town, Spencer, Wisconsin, getting the job done and helping propel the Bison back to the national championship game in Frisco, Texas. Where they will await the Montana State Bobcats and first-year head coach Brent Vegan. And look at all these storylines we have here connecting these two programs. Obviously, Brent Vegan, a Buxton, North Dakota native, a guy that played at NDSU, coached for a long time at NDSU, now in his first year as the head coach at Montana State. A lot of ties there. Freddie Banks just accepted the defensive coordinator job at Colorado State. He's the D.C. at Montana State. He'll be working the game. It'll be his final game uh, coaching the Bobcats. And uh, you got a guy there in Freddie Banks who played defensive back at NDSU as well during some of these championship seasons. So it's plenty of storylines. And one of the obvious ones for Montana State is the storyline of touchdown Tommy Malott 
just down the road, Butte, Montana. Butte, America is where he hails. It is a a, a football-crazy town, blue-collar town. They love the Bobcats there. And one of their own freshman quarterback, Tommy Mallott, is leading Montana State and has provided some just form of, I don't know if galvanized or confidence or mojo, but Tommy Mallott is a fascinating story, turning into a folk hero in a matter of weeks in Bozeman, Montana. Here are some of the highlights, some of the sights and sounds from that semifinal round win over South Dakota State. And out over to the near side of this one. Caught! And he's free! 20, 10, touchdown, Bobcats! Nate Stewart! A lot out of the pistol. This time will run it himself. Over to the left side. He's in! Tommy Malott strikes again. Still got time. And he's down! Daniel Hardy! And the Bobcats will take over! He'll throw it up over the left side. Oh, touchdown! Yet again! Balls on the ground. Bobcats have it. Daniel Hardy with the football. And the Bobcats have punched their tickets to the national championship. They're off to Texas. And here they come, out onto the field, rightfully so. The fireworks are off, and the Bobcats love it. They've got one more left on the schedule, and it's the biggest one of them all. All right, rolling along here on the FCS Fever podcast. You heard the highlights moments ago, the dulcet tones of Zach Mackey, Montana State play-by-play man, as the Bobcats make their way to Frisco, Texas, first trip to a national championship game since they won it in 1984. Zach with us uh, on the pod right now. Hey, congratulations. Um, After the game, I want to talk about after the game before we talk about the game with an amazing setting with the mountains in the background, the Bridgers, the Gallatins, all the mountain ranges you guys have in beautiful Bozeman. It was a wild scene for sure. But what was the town like after the game on Saturday night? I, I can't even imagine how great that had to have been. Oh, yeah. You know, that, that was uh, that was the place to be in the state of Montana for sure. And it just it was, there's just so much excitement around it and that. And it just, like you said, hadn't been done in a long time. So there were places – the places were rocking downtown. The Rocking R Bar was full. You couldn't get in there. You couldn't. The cannery had everybody. I mean, it was a, it was a fun scene down there. You know, everyone just excited and and just uh, knowing that the season's still going along. The students, luckily, a lot of them they kept those dorms open, and uh, a lot of them stayed around in that. So we had them at the game on Saturday. Some of them came out too on uh, Saturday night. It was, uh, it was a fun little night in Bozeman, Montana, for sure. Man, yeah, it was a tremendous game and another great performance in front of a raucous crowd uh, at Bobcat Stadium, 31-17 the final overall. And the Bobcats did it shorthanded, Zach. You don't have Isaiah Fonse, you don't have Lane Sumner, uh, Benson up front, Ty Okada. All those guys are out. How did this group do it? There's some, there's some mojo around this team right now, it feels like. Yeah, you know there is, and and whenever I uh, whenever I found out about you know some of those, you just go wow. I mean, you know those are those are big holes to be able to fill. I would say, you know, a, a lot of those three of those guys are probably in your top five or six players on the team that are going to be without. And uh, you know there is that um, just kind of mojo, like you said, and kind of the hey, this hasn't been done before. Let's not stop it now. Let's keep it going. It hasn't been done in a long time, I should say, and. Um, uh, you can't say enough about Tommy Milan. I'm sure we'll get into that and what he he basically turned into then the running back and the quarterback and and everything in between it. But um, this team is 
playing around and, and playing free. They know that uh, you know they they got an opportunity now to to go on a huge stage and be able to compete there. But it was it was it was just interesting to see young guys step up and guys go into different roles. You know, maybe you, you had a guy like Elijah Elliott at the running back spot step up into that running back role. And uh, it wasn't the same type of role that Isaiah Fonse has. For the most part, he was a lead blocker. He was, you know, cutting downfield, getting a couple of blocks here or there. And, and you know, they just, whatever whatever needs to be done was done on Saturday. And uh, a lot of it goes out to just the fans and the excitement. I mean, some of that is, uh, you know, you're, you're coming in in a big moment, but when you got 20,000 behind you, you get a loud crowd, you get, you know, a, a whole bunch of people just rooting you on. It makes it a little bit easier to fill in in those type of roles. All right. The legend of touchdown, Tommy. Uh, I mean, is this is he the most popular person right now in the state of Montana? I mean, even on Yellowstone the other night, Beth Dutton makes a Montana State Bobcat football reference on the show uh, on on Sunday night as well. Touchdown Tommy Mallott. Tell the story again for us. Butte, Montana, uh, what that town is like, and how is this young man doing what he's doing? Well, first off, I'm glad that you're a fan of Yellowstone because oh, yeah. I, I got it each week, every week. <laughs> oh, yeah. 1883 uh, as well. I'm all over that right now, too. You better okay. believe it. I got to get going on that with Tim McGraw and them. But, uh, no, they. you know, it's one of those things where uh, – uh, even even coach said in our post game when when he came on he's like he, he doesn't you know coach doesn't usually say a lot he, he's very by the books so he's like I, I just find it hard to believe sometimes like this is storybook stuff what is happening I mean Tommy Malat you know is the fourth string quarterback he he signs during the COVID year he comes here and just works his tail off to get an opportunity in the spring they they kind of turn a couple of eyes and say okay this guy can make an impact on special teams he's an athlete he gets down the field in a hurry and uh, so they put him on a couple of special teams first couple of weeks out of the gates and uh, he just continues to flourish and and they decide okay we're going to put a run package in with him where hey maybe one play here one play there we saw it a couple of a couple of games into the season they tried it out it, it worked out well they just continued to give him more and more reps and then when you lose uh, you know, when you decide you got to make a quarterback change going into the playoffs, Tommy gets a start, and uh, he's ran away with it. I mean, would you look at his numbers? The, the Bobcats in the first half, I can remember turning uh, to Mikey, who I did the games with, and it was like, I, I want to say it was somewhere around uh, 220 total yards of offense, and Tommy Mallott had 215 with like 100 <laughs> rushing and 115 through the air or something. I mean, he, he finished with just about every single yard besides about 15 or 20 that he either threw for or ran for. I mean, he's just, it, it's been incredible. The amount of, of toughness that he shows, he's so humble. If you saw any of the video clips on Saturday, he was down on the on the sidelines just crying because he's like, I, I just can't believe I'm a, I'm a true fresh. I'm a freshman who is making taking Montana State to the biggest game. Grew up as a Bobcat fan, just an hour down the road in Butte, Montana. Hardworking kid, hardworking town. Uh, you know that was um, it was one of the biggest cities, Butte, Montana, west uh, of the uh, Mississippi at one point, and uh, it was just a thriving community. A lot of coal, a lot of different things like that. A hardworking community, and uh, those people just they love. They love their football. They love Montana State, and uh, they love what they're seeing out of Tommy Mallott. I saw more photos on Twitter after the game of people who who rushed down onto the field and were getting photos with Tommy Mallott. Wow. I mean, he is 
as as big of a name in this state right now as it gets. How does he do it physically on the field? Describe him as a player right now. Well, you know, first off, he, he makes me kind of hold my breath sometimes because it's like, he, you know, you can slide once you get the first down. You don't have to put your shoulders down and try to land forward uh, to get an extra yard or two. But he, he's a guy that it's a lot of run-pass options. And, uh, you know, he, he'll be rolling out all of a sudden. And the hard part is, is as it's just a lot of times making something out of nothing is what I thought on Saturday. You know, there's nothing open. He's being chased from behind. Man miss and gets five yards. Even if it's only five yards, he prevented a, you know, a ten yard loss on the play, something like that. And uh, it's a lot of um, reads. He's done a really nice job, I think, of of getting those reads as a young guy. A lot of times as a young player, you know, you're trying to solidify yourself especially when you're getting these late start you didn't start until just a couple of weeks ago so he just done a really nice job of um, being able to throw the football to anyone who watched the game on Saturday against Sam Houston or watched it this Saturday against South Dakota State I mean he's as good of an arm as Montana State has had at quarterback in the last couple of years and there were questions about that kind of the the throwing ability and he's not scared is the other thing sometimes and I know you've seen this Jeff these quarterbacks they get a little bit you know, nervous about, hey, I, I, I don't know if I want to try to fit that ball in there because, you know, I haven't thrown an interception yet or, you know, I don't. It's a tight window. He'll throw it up, let the receivers go and get it, attack the corners, and, uh, you know, for the most part, he, he's just – he has not been mistake-ridden. He hasn't been injury-ridden. A lot of it, too, I, I say, is because, you know, he didn't, he didn't play a lot really during the regular season. I mean, towards the end, he got more and more. He'd come in a little bit here or there, special teams – so he's still really fresh. He hasn't had the, the beat-up of an entire season coming up to here. He's, uh, for the most part, knock on wood, been without injury, and, and that's helped him uh, quite a bit the last couple of weeks, too. Well, uh, and Zach Mackey with us here on the program, Montana State play-by-play, man. It's, it is phenomenal, fascinating, and, and also going to be very interesting to see now that with, with three weeks how NDSU will prepare for him and what wrinkles back and forth the chess match that uh, that Code Green will have for a guy like Malat, who has just been so much fun to watch uh, and to follow. And I am I do also find it very interesting. You know, he has a lot of trust in his wide receivers to go out there and make plays. It felt like the Montana State receivers won about every 50-50 ball he put up in the air to them. Uh, against some good South Dakota State defensive backs. What were your big takeaways of what Malat and his receiving core got done in the passing game down the stretch in that game? Yeah, you know, they came in big moments and they came in big plays. It seemed like, you know, 40-plus uh, pass plays in that. And, uh, no, like you said, I, I think it's just not being scared and, and having that trust. It The weird and the difficult part is that trust comes over time, and there hasn't been a lot of time, really, between these guys uh, and and Tommy, but they bought in. I think it's easy to support and get behind a guy who's who's really humble, goes about his work. There was some stuff on on uh, Twitter actually. Coach uh, Justin Udy, the wide receiver coach, put out there that uh, when they got done with the game against Sam Houston, you know, we got back at about five in the morning, and uh, the coaches they're they're crazy. They get in the office, I don't know, ten o'clock, whatever, and. Uh, all of a sudden, they look out on the field. They gave the guys the day off, and Tommy Balot's out there just running back and forth, trying to get some running in, trying to get some conditioning in. And uh, he's the only guy out there going through all that. He just has the complete support of his teammates 
And uh, with that, I think they trust him. And, you know, going up after catches, he's got some really um, good receivers, a couple of transfers that, uh, you know, have gotten back healthy here these last couple of weeks now. A guy like Nate Stewart who made the first touchdown catch out of Akron, uh, transferred from Akron and broke his foot. And he's just getting back 100%. But uh, he, he, you know, they know that he throws a good ball. And and we had Lance McCutcheon, the leading receiver from Montana State, on uh, as soon as the game got done down on the field. And he said – we just have to trust because he throws a really good football. People don't understand because he gets so much credit for his for his feet and the way he's able to move. But we know the ball's going to be there. It's going to be a good throw. It's going to be a, a tight spiral. And, uh, you know, they're not afraid to, to go up and, and get a little air under him. Strength of this Montana State defense, which shut out a really, really good South Dakota State offense in the second half, is what as you've watched it this year? Well, you know, I, I really think it's it's the linebackers now and, and the way that they're able to play. A guy like Callahan O'Reilly and Troy Anderson were phenomenal because the the offensive line for South Dakota State was big. They were stout. It, Bobcats were having a little bit of trouble being able to get to them. Daniel Hardy, I thought, did a good job at the defensive end spot. He had um, a sack, and then he got that fumble recovery to uh, go ahead and clinch it. But, uh, you know, the linebackers, the way that they not only can fill the gaps and be able to stop the run and, and for the most part, kind of handle a little bit Pierre Strong Jr., who's one of the best running backs in this league, but yet um, the way that they're also able to then work in the secondary and work against those tight ends. The big thing that I, I wondered coming into the game was, how were how were the Bobcats going to match up with the tight ends? They obviously had an All-American tight end, a couple of big guys, and about three or four times throughout the game, we saw whenever uh, a tight end was matched up with a corner. I mean, those guys just throw their arm out, and their big, strong physical knocked them out of the way. It was the linebackers who had to come over, be able to make that play. Uh, you know, Troy Anderson, who uh, we'll see if he wins the Buck Buchanan Award or not, is up for it, and uh, he is an All-American uh, an all-American quarterback, an all-American outside linebacker, an all-American inside linebacker, and uh, he, he's been playing his best football here the last couple of weeks. Yeah, he's he's unbelievable. We saw him at the quarterback spot back in 2018 in the second-round game, so we got a, a taste of that a few years ago here in the Fargo Dome. Zach Mackey with us on the program. The obvious tie, Brent Vegan and uh, his first season taking the Bobcats to Frisco. To me... That mitigates any sort of unknown or first-time feel for any of the players because of Brent Vegan, Freddie Banks, who just got the Colorado State D.C. job, but is coaching in the game as well. These guys have been there, done that. How does that factor in, in your opinion, and some of that, you know, some of that uh, uh, that first-time feel and getting down there and navigating some of the different stuff over a few days before the game? Yeah, you know, I think anytime you have some of that familiarity, it definitely makes things uh, a little bit more at ease in that than coming into something brand new, not really knowing exactly what's happening. There's a lot of familiarity just in general, I mean, between these two programs. Uh, when you look at twenty, you know, 2018, like you mentioned, 2019 in the Fargo Dome, now here in 2021, that's three straight playoff runs. So. The Bobcats know that, uh, you know, North Dakota State has been the, the crown jewel in, in FCS, and, uh, you know, they've been the team to beat in this league. There's no question of that. And so uh, the familiarity, I think, is almost already there with, uh, in general, just with what North Dakota State has been and what they've been able to build the last couple of years. And then it adds a little bit more with some of those coaching trees and some of those coaching ties. And I know that, uh, 
you know, Coach Vegan, uh, you know, grew up in the state. He's got so much respect for that program that obviously made him and, and started his coaching career and continued to, you know, evaluate it up to Wyoming and that. But, uh, you know, he did say, I thought was was funny yesterday in the post-conferences, he goes, I mean, seven years is a long time. And that's a, you know, I haven't been there in seven years. Things have changed. Things are different. There's obviously a a different sense around that program and everything than when I was there. But there is uh, also, though, that familiarity with the coaching staffs and just the familiarity with the programs over the last couple of years now. Zach, can't wait for it. It's going to be a blast. Uh, Looking forward to seeing you and your crew down in Frisco as well and should be one heck of a football game for a national championship. Thanks so much for the time again, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, that sounds good. Can't wait. We'll see you down in Texas. Hey, college football is rolling, and our partners at DraftKings Sportsbook have an incredible offer for college football fans. For new users, bet $1, just $1 on any game, and if your team scores one point, you get $100 in free bets. Yes, you heard that correctly. $1, one game, $100 in free bets. Here's what you do. Click the link in the show description of the FCS Fever podcast, sign up for a new account with DraftKings Sportsbook, and make your first deposit. Make a $1 bet on any team. And if your team scores one point, you get an automatic $100 thanks to our friends at DraftKings. It is the best offer going in sports betting, so act now. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling, or referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537 in Illinois. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, or Wyoming. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia, 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, or call text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789, 21 and older, 18 and older in Wyoming, Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming only, minimum $5 deposit, minimum $1 wager, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. All right, there you go. Big thanks, Zach Mackey, Montana State Radio, play-by-play voice, getting it done, and thanking him, uh, obviously, for joining us here on the FCS Fever Podcast. He wanted to get a shout-out. The champions of the Celebration Bowl, the South Carolina State Bulldogs, get it done. As we talked all week last week, didn't we, uh, about uh, Coach Prime Deion Sanders and and the big news, Tyler Hunter decommitting from Florida State and and committing to Jackson State. And obviously it is big news. Well, I guess uh, the boys at Jackson State forgot to get ready for South Carolina State as the Bulldogs rout them 31 to 10. And uh, congratulations are in order for this South Carolina State football team. Corey Fields Jr., Shaquan Davis, They were absolutely fantastic in front of 48,653 fans at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. The HBCU National Champions from South Carolina State, uh, Darius Leonard's alma mater, the great linebacker for the Indianapolis Colts, went to South Carolina State. And, folks, uh, it was a row. Jackson State was favored by 10.5 points. And South Carolina State wins by three touchdowns, 31 to 10. Corey Fields Jr. with four touchdown passes. Shaquan Davis catching three of those for the Bulldogs. Impressive game. Uh, maybe the Sanders boys uh, paid too much attention to what was going on off of the field last week. Forgot they had a big football game between the white lines. Didn't go very well 
for Jackson State on Saturday. That's going to do it for us. We appreciate you. Always enjoy being with you here on the FCS Fever Podcast. We'll come back closer to the FCS National Championship game with another pod coming up later on down the line. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Subscribe, like, comment. Thank you all for listening as much as you have here uh, to this during the entire season. One more big game to talk about, the FCS National Championship in Frisco, Texas, North Dakota State versus Montana State. We'll be back soon after the holidays, ladies and gentlemen. Have a very Merry Christmas. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.